Welcome to the Hustlers Manifesto podcast. We jailbreak from toxic hustle culture. We take Hustler back from the belief that bigger is better, security is contingent on compliance, and freedom is reserved for the powerful. I'm your host, Sarah Duran. I'm not here to tell you how to make a quick buck. I'm here to change the way work is done so we can live more meaningful lives right now instead of betting on an uncertain future. If you value this content, please rate it and comment on this podcast wherever you get it. Thanks for being part of the movement. Hi, Leah. Hi, Sarah. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, I'm so thrilled to have you here on the podcast. For yeah. anyone who is a new listener, um, Leah and I did a podcast for like two years together um the freelance revolution podcast and have uh the beginning of this year uh sort of like split off and did our own took our own things into slightly different directions and so this is the first podcast episode that we've done since we did that and i'm thrilled to be able to chat with you and then we'll be doing a swap so i'll be on your podcast in sometime in the in the near future too um so i'm excited about this one yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, so tell let's start off with the three questions that we ask everyone. Who are you? What is your work and why do you do it? Yeah. I am Leah Myers. What I would put behind my name is mom, first and foremost. Um, I have a 14 and 17-year-old, almost 18-year-old, um, which is scary to think about. Um and they have, they are pretty much why I do what I do. They've been the center of my business since it started. Um, the reason that I am an entrepreneur, because I wanted that lifestyle um, to be there for them when they wanted me, when they needed me, all that, um, instead of having to pick and choose. Um, I also have a book that's out there. It's called The Unstoppable Route. And it's just my freelance journey starting um, rapidly growing and scaling my business that way. Um, I am also a freelancer or as now what Upwork is calling it, because that's where I find most of my clients is independent talent, um, specializing in Kajabi strategy and development. So they're getting away, which is kind of fun. Um, they're getting away from calling us freelancers because we're not free. We don't work for free. We don't like, it's got some negative, mojo behind it that there were now independent talent. Um, and it really encompasses truly the experts that are on that platform or that can be on that platform, leveraging it, um, how I have. So that's been a fun change. Um, but again, it comes with a little bit of a definition and explanation. So, um, what do I do? I specialize in, um, Kajabi, And that is a basically a business in a box platform um, software that you can create a website on. You can create a membership um, course, coaching, basically any digital assets can be sold on there um, or subscriptions, anything how you want to run with that in case you are not familiar with that. Um, And I will send over a link for Sarah to put in the show notes if she would um, talking a little bit more about Kajabi. I have done a lot of research on um, why Kajabi, in my opinion, is the best. I take and, and compare it to a lot of different softwares that are out there. And for the person who's just getting started in the space or wants a online presence, that so, like checks all the boxes. Um, so 
where, why did I go platform specific is because I'm truly passionate about helping online content creators leverage their content. So whatever that looks like, sometimes it's coaching, sometimes it's memberships, sometimes it's courses. Um, sometimes it's just like getting some resources out there. So I've done over 300 Kajabi projects, um, through the Upwork platform, finding those, um, those clients. So that's been fun since 2016, really narrowing it down, um, being super niched. And that's a whole nother story that we could go down a rabbit hole, but but just to finish up my, why I do what I do, I just knew that I wanted to have, um, a freedom lifestyle. And that is working when I want to work, working how much I want to work and making how much I want to make. So, um, that's been at the forefront of my brain since 2018 specifically, um, before I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit as ever since like high school, early college, I owned a daycare during college, like all that kind of stuff. Um, but really landed in, um, wanting that freedom lifestyle in 2018, putting everything into learning how to develop that lifestyle and truly living that lifestyle. So I'm just coming off of a back-to-back vacation. So that re-entry is, is on my week this week. So it's been a little bit crazy, but super excited to kind of be here and talk to you. So did I miss anything? No, there's so many things that I want to um, talk about. You hit you hit all the things. And there's so many more things that I just know because we are friends and have known each other for right. three years now? Four years? Three years. Slightly over three years, maybe. That is that what we're going? I think, yeah, I okay. think so. So again, just like a little bit of backstory. If you're if you didn't listen to our previous podcast and you're just a Hustlers Manifesto newer listener is um, Leah and I met um, because I hired her to work to build a Kajabi site for one of my pl- one of my clients. And we immediately like fell in love with each other. And we're like, we have to do something together. And we did a variety of different things together, one of which being the Freelance Revolution podcast. Um, and now she is one of my most trusted um, solopreneur colleagues, where if I'm having a situation she's always my like first person that I'm like what it whether it's like problem solving or I just need to vent about something um Leah is my go-to um she's my solopreneur work wife is how I would describe her yeah (laughs) Um, and I would and I'm gonna say ditto back to you because even as I'm like working through some different changes that I'm making to my personal business um, the first person where I'm like, okay, I got to bounce my ideas off of Sarah. So like, that's just immediately at this point, um, having a work wife, work bestie is a foundational piece that I would never give up at this point. Yeah. So it's super when important. you find them and they're good, you, you latch on. So it's, it's so funny. We, we've been talking for over a year now, lady, we really need to, um, figure out when we're going to meet in person. Cause we've never met in person. Then we always talk about it. Um, so we definitely need to figure that out. Yeah, we do need to figure that out. So we've never met each other in person. We started working together during COVID and then like, you know, post COVID lives are just lives are busy. We both got kids, but yes, we need to make that happen. Um, for (laughs) sure. So there, okay. There are so many things. There's so many things that I want to touch on. Um, the first one is, um, 
And then like, I know that you're an, an expert on this and you like teach other people how to do it. Um, but I know that there's always a lot of questions out there in the freelance audience about platforms like Upwork and mm-hmm. different ways of getting work. I think mm-hmm. the freelancers that I come across, the number one pain point that I hear all the time is how do I get more clients, better clients, better paying clients. Um and working on a platform like Upwork is a way to do that, that I think has pros and cons and probably has like myths that need to be busted. And so like, tell us like, why do you choose to stay pretty much exclusively on the Upwork platform? For me, it is ease of use. So um, my portfolio is built out on there. I have a lot of great testimonials on there. Um, it's just because that's where I've been for so long. Um, so I, I do appreciate that. Um, at this point in time, I very rarely apply for jobs. People are seeking me out. Like over the weekend, I had three people message me, ch- checking in on my availability, checking in on the services that I can provide and things like that. The reason that I stay on the platform is I get asked this a lot. You've been on the platform since 2018. Why do you stay? And I stay because the billing is so easy. I turn a time tracker on my computer when I'm working for a client and I turn it off when I'm done. And I know that Upwork is collecting their payment at the end of the week and I get paid. So for me, I don't have to send out those invoices. I don't have to chase that payment. Um, the times I just had one of these situations and I adore the cu- the client. So it wasn't a bad experience or anything like that, but I found her through a word of mouth. And so she was not an Upwork client. And so I did a fixed rate. Um, first of all, being a strategy developer and like content developer, it's really hard to do fixed rate contracts because strategy can change based on the education as, so that's a whole nother rabbit hole. I'm not going to go down, but just know that how I work, it's really hard for me to do a fixed rate from the very beginning meeting people. Like I can go into like retainer mode down the road, but I appreciate working in the hourly space in the beginning. Um, so I have more control over how much time I'm investing because again, I am definitely a people pleaser and I want to make sure that when I'm taking a course to market with a client, it's like top notch. It's super excellent. Um, so it's hard for me to like pull back if I've had to change and pivot so many things um, in a fixed rate contract. So anyways, this contract in specific was a fixed rate because that's just the nature of how the project was. It was what was the most comfortable for the client and she needed to do a split payment. Well, it, how I do it is it's 50% upfront, and then it's 50% 30 days later. And her project was spanned over nine weeks. It's just how it calendared out to launching. And so her second payment came through and we're still like not quite to that halfway point. And she got really snarky with me wondering why I pulled the payment. And I was like, so I had to explain that to her. When I'm working with a client on Upwork, I don't have to explain those payments. They just know like we lock in like these are the amount of hours I'm allowed to work. These are the amount of like I can give them budgets like this and this and this is on the task list this week. I estimate it's going to take X amount of hours and then I work until that point. If anything changes, I loop them in. So they're they're knowing what they're getting every single week, whereas fixed rates like they don't always know that. Um, so that's another reason why I stay on that platform. I don't have my, I mean, it's very rare that I have any bills questioned with my Upwork clients. 
And I don't like And like you said, you're also, and I think this is at the point that you're at in your career. So this may not, this is not true when you're like first getting started on on Upwork. You have to like really build up your um, portfolio and your profile. But at this point, you're also not actively seeking out work. So you also don't have to, um, I mean, when someone finds you, you still have to like sell yourself and think about how to structure the engagement and all those other things, but you're not having to like go out and find clients all the time. And again, part of that is like the nature of the stage that you're in right now. Cause I think that could be true for experienced freelancers, whether they're on a platform or not. Um, but being on a platform like that, you have this like natural environment of where people are going to look for freelancers and coming across someone like you um, is like a no brainer for them to reach out and ask you to work for them instead of the other way around. Yeah. Yep. Um, so the other, um, and sorry, I'm just kind of like, so there were so many things when you were talking in the beginning that I want to touch on. So I'm jumping a little bit all over the place. The other thing I wonder if, um, we want to talk about a little bit is, um, tell us about, cause I am like hardcore in that mode, this like summer mode too. And like coming off of vacations, like Talk to us a little bit about how you said you're coming off of back-to-back vacations. You're doing some re-entry. Like, what is that like for, like, the type of work that you do? How do you prepare yourself to be gone? What does it look like for um, the clients that you serve? Like, tell us what what a vacation looks like and what re-entry looks like for a freelancer like you. Um, What a vacation looks like is a little bit different. So sometimes I can respond to emails Sometimes I have some work built into it. Um, we went on a cruise and so I, ha- it was my first cruise. So I never had no idea like, like what internet service would be. So I told my clients like, I am off the grid, like not available. That is the first time in a really long time that I've ever done that. Um, they all survived, which is great. No one deleted their website or no one deleted any of their content and was scrambling on their own. Um, so that was good. Um, but what does re-entry look like? So I usually give my clients like, I here's my task list. I will have it to you by noon on Thursday or end of day, whatever that looks like. Um, you know, I let them know a pretty solid um, time when I'm going to have their work completed for the week. And what I the reason that's so important, one, for my brain and two, for them, is it takes the pressure off of them asking me and putting that pressure on myself that I'm not delivering quick enough for them. Um, it's putting myself in the driver's seat of my time rather than them having control and like telling me, dictating when I want, when they want their products completed. So that's where I kind of formalize that and take control over that. This week though, I'm giving them a range. Be like, I will have everything to you by the end of the week. I know I give you more of a specific time, just juggling some things, everything like that. So they're a little bit more unclear. And I can tell that that's disrupting them a little bit, especially the clients that I've worked with for a while. They're like, what? Like, you're not going to give me a specific day and time. I just can't. And it just is what it is. And I'm just reassuring them, like, I need this week to make sure that I'm giving you top-notch deliverables that you need and expect from me. And I just cannot commit to a more solid time. So it's just prioritizing is at its finest in my schedule this week. I have my list pretty much have lists this week. And usually I'm pretty on top of it where I have my master list every week. And I know when I'm working on it, I have a pretty good rhythm. And right now I feel like I'm kind of just trying to keep my head above water. Um, 
And that's not a fun situation for me. So this reentry is definitely like, oh, it's made me realize that two back-to-back vacations is not something that I can do or want to do because this is not, it's not a fun position for me to put for in my clients in. And it's also not fun for me. So it kind of takes the excitement of like just returning home from a vacation kind of out of it, but you live and learn. So, so tell us about, cause I know that you, and you said this don't really ever completely unplug. So usually when you're on vacation, you don't have an out of office on, you're still, you know, monitoring. You're maybe not actively like work, capital W working on projects, but you're definitely like responding to emails, managing your inbox, being responsive to people. Um, what was it like to like completely unplug? It was weird. Um, so I did end up getting internet for both of my kids on the cruise because, you know, you can't, they cannot disconnect from social media. So um, I hopped on their phone, one of their phones a couple of times just to check my inbox. Um, but I did not respond. Like I just drew a line in the sand. I took it off. Um, and I felt like a piece of me was kind of missing. It was weird. So, um, I kind of, I learned that I don't mind, um, being a little bit on call when I'm on vacation. I don't need to fully unplug um, because my work is so satisfying. And I've gotten to this place in my business where I'm okay with working for the clients that I like. You know, like I don't, I don't mind being in inter- like I don't take it as an interruption um, if they need a quick response. Um because now what I'm coming back to, and again, these are just life lessons that I have to put myself through. And I've learned a lot. Now I'm triaging all of these different situations and they they all had like what I called their homework to work on. So I could keep moving on their tasks this week. Well, a few questions came up and normally on a vacation, they would have just sent me an email and I would have been able to answer those questions through email. And I would have come home to the content that I needed now I'm coming home to the questions that they asked and I just got their projects delayed. So I'll report back in a few weeks to let you know how that works. But I feel like some of them are going to be off course with their launch dates, which I feel bad for. So, yeah, I mean, I'm with you because and we've talked about vacations a lot before together. Um, and I like I always put on an out of office and like I we have like a slightly different philosophy we do different types of work too right yeah but we have slightly different ways that we manage that for ourselves in our business but I will say that like even when I have an out of office on if I'm gone for more than like a long weekend I'm definitely still checking my email and I mm-hmm. maybe not like you said not responding always to the emails but I'm always checking my email I'm always triaging because a just like you like I like the work that I do like checking my inbox doesn't unless like you know some sort of fire has happened it doesn't make me feel stressed out to check my inbox when I'm on vacation it actually makes me feel more in control because then I'm not dreading what my inbox is going to look like if I haven't looked at it for a week um and you can do some of that triage you can respond to like the easy emails so that they're no longer you know unread in your inbox some of that kind of stuff. And so I'm totally with you. I feel like I will like completely unplug for up to like four days. So maybe like a long weekend, right? Like a Monday or a Friday through a Monday. Um, But other, um, any longer than that, I'm definitely like checking it. Yeah. Yeah. So technically I was back from vacation in the last Thursday, 
but I took Thursday off and Friday off of client work just to go through my inbox to really work on a couple projects of my own. Um, and I do, I did have one client that I snuck in. It was a last minute project that I onboarded right before I went on vacation. So I, I did work on their stuff last week. Um, but all of my other clients, like they knew that I was off until today. So, yeah, that's a, that is like my number one tip, which like sounds crazy, but also again, like the level of stress that it saves you is like, you should take a day on either end of it, at least a day on either end, like a day to get ready for your vacation and a day to recover, like a work day. So even if you land on a Friday, (laughs) the weekend doesn't count. You need to take like a work day on either end of your vacation. Um, Yeah, I think that's. I'm good at putting that work day on the end of it. I need to get better on putting it on the front end of it. Mm -hmm. I feel like when I'm trying to travel in the airport and stuff like that, technically first day, I'm responding to a ton of emails. I'm doing the last minute things where if I would just say that I'm on vacation the day before, then it would really be my current day two vacation. Mm -hmm. And that has a significant amount of value in it. Even if you're, even if you're technically like working, but it's like a day where you're like, you're out of office is already on. You don't have any meetings on your calendar. So it's like, technically you're still like working that day, maybe using that day to like do all the stuff that you need to do before you leave. Um, So I would say at the very least, like a non meeting day, like no zoom calls. Sure. Um, Okay. And I'm going to jump to an even a completely different topic now. Because I feel like they're among all the other things that you are an expert on, you are an expert, specifically an expert on two things, which is Upwork and Kajabi. And so I want to talk a little bit about Kajabi because I also love Kajabi so much um, because of you, because you turned me on to Kajabi. Um, But I run my entire business off of Kajabi. So my podcast, my courses, my email list, my website, my blog, like everything lives on Kajabi. Um, I guess everything except my Substack. Um, and so, um, tell us about, I mean, like you are like an expert in building Kajabi sites, courses, memberships, just like, why do you love it? And why did you choose for this to be the thing that you specialize in? Yeah. Um, so I didn't want to be, so when I first started down in the industry of course development membership, like that's truly where I get excited and that's my true passion. Um, I was learning all of these different platforms. I was meeting my clients where they were at and it was on so many different platforms. And I was learning the bare bones, the basics of each of those platforms. And I, I was taking my focus on the changes in the industry of what marketing looks like for a course, what marketing looks like for a membership. And I was not as much of an expert there as I wanted to be because I was so focused on staying on top of all of the updates that all of these platforms kept putting out. Because let's face it, as the marketing changes happen in course development and memberships, the platforms have to evolve as well. So I was just trying to keep my head above water on learning all of the new features constantly on all of these different platforms that I had clients on. And I'm like, this is not, I'm not a tech guru. Um, That's not where I wanted to be positioned. Um, Sometimes I find tech very frustrating. Um, I've sometimes still to this day, like would like to throw my computer out the window. And where I find that frustration is 
still when I'm trying to do integrations into Kajabi or trying to find a workaround or something um, that is not as implemented in the platform. Um, so when I went Kajabi specific, I tested it amongst a ton of different ones and I just landed there. Like if I'm going to get work, I'm going to find them on Kajabi because I know that I can build one, I can build a landing page super quick because I know the ins and outs of that one platform. Whereas it would take me probably twice as long to build it in a different platform um, or a different platform. So I, my speed and accuracy Plus I can know like the spacings, like I can tell you, like you could quiz me on all of the different spacings on a page. Like if you show me a Kajabi website at this point, I can tell you the buffer spacing between each of those sections. Like that's how nerded out I've gotten on that one platform. Um, and it's it really helps the user experience. And that's where I'm really passionate. So when I'm building a course or a membership or anything for anyone, um, one of my selling points to get clients is I focus on three different things. And it's building a solid business foundation. Because even when you build a house, you have to start with the foundation. You can't start with the second story your and your foundation is going to crumble. It just doesn't work like that. So when I, when I build any website or any online thing that you're going to sell, it's really important to start with a foundation. And that is the user experience, the conversion, and the consumption. So you want people to convert, but you also, unless you're trying to just make a quick buck, which is definitely not someone who I want to work with, or they're in the right um, space for me to be working with, like it, they have to be interested in their consumption rating. You don't want to build out a course and not care how many people consume your content? Like, otherwise, what's the point of build, taking the time to build all of that content? So those are the three things that I really focus on. The overall user experience, the consumption rating, and also the conversion rating. So I feel that Kajabi does the best. And I'm sure, you know, I can get challenged on that all the time. And I have no problem, you know, having those conversations of why that does what it needs to do and build a solid platform. I mean, I, I've been doing, I've done over 300 Kajabi sites and I have clients who are making consistently a solid income per month. So I know that it works. It's proven. Um, yeah, I think that for me, and I'm like a pretty tech savvy person, like I can like get into a platform and then like, you know, there's always a learning curve. And at this point I feel so comfortable. Like I've been using Kajabi for about three years now and so I feel so comfortable in there that like doing like you said you doing it for other people me doing it for myself is like it's so easy I can build a landing page for myself in like 30 minutes because I'm I've done it so many times now and I'm not splitting my attention across multiple platforms so I think you're absolutely right whether it's Kajabi or another platform like Kajabi because the thing about it is that when you're especially when you're starting out in um, like a content creation type of business where like selling content, whether it's mm -hmm. through coaching, courses, podcasts, um, an email like list, whatever it is, when you're selling content, the like the learning curve is super high and the market is so saturated that you have to really you have to really be able to stand out and you have to really be able to learn and implement really quickly. And doing that across mm -hmm. a bunch of different platforms, that don't talk to each other is really hard. Um, and so for me, it was like Kajabi had my, it did my website, it did my email list, it did my blog, it did my 
housed all my backend courses. It was really easy to connect all those things together. Um, It was just like such a game changer. And I think there's like an analogy there where it's like being able to focus on one thing, like as a user makes me much faster at it and it makes my implementation much easier. And I also think what you're speaking to is niching down like that as a freelancer also makes it like you can do if you are splitting your your um, expertise across a bunch of different platforms you would not be as fast or efficient at what you do which would which means that you wouldn't get paid as much as you get paid right because like you get paid really well <laughs> um you charge people rightfully so like uh, uh, it's a it's a high hourly rate for what you do because you're such an expert and an hour of your time spent inside of Kajabi versus an hour of someone else's time spent inside of Kajabi is worth so much more. Right. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school, like this is totally off topic, but it just, it just popped in my head. So we're going to share it. So, um, one of the local restaurants had these like sub building challenges where they would bring in their staff and they would do these time tests to see how quick one of them could like who their sub builder winner was every month. And it was just super fun, like to see different people's ranges. So I would love to do that against other people in the platform just to see, okay, here's the outline and see what people come up with. And it it just would be fun to see. Um, Cause I feel like I can build them in my sleep. Yeah. I mean, you can. For sure. I've seen it done. <laughs> um, okay. Well, this was amazing. We'll obviously yep. have you back again. And maybe we can dive instead of me just like going across a bunch of different random topics, we can yep. like go deeper into one specific topic. Um, so tell us more about um, where we can find you. Yeah. Um, so I am in the process of launching a podcast it's again, going a little slower than I would like it to, but we're getting into a rhythm. My first four episodes is dedicated all on first five episodes, I should say, is really the startup of how I got started on the Upwork platform and then how I go through and build my portfolio, making money and then getting paid as a freelancer on that platform. If you're interested in that at all, that's going to be the first five episodes. So I will have Sarah link that in the show notes. And then you can also reach out to me on my website if you have any um, Kajabi specific questions. I wonder if that um, that platform is right for you. We can kind of see if it marks all of the boxes for you. But all about helping other entrepreneurs get their get their start in the world. Amazing. We'll put all those links in the show notes. and. Um, we'll have Leah back again real soon. Thank you. Thanks, Leah.